0: This is BBC Radio 4. Now it's time to join Humphrey Littleton for the best of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue 2004.
1: Hello, this is Humphrey Littleton speaking to you from my luxury penthouse suite at the Grand Hotel where my family have kindly sent me for Christmas. As I sit here, surrounded by my many presents and greetings cards, on a day when traditionally we wish peace and goodwill to all, join me, listeners, to reflect back on the I'm-sorry-I-haven't-a-clue year. Hang on. Oi, you! I can hardly hear myself speak over that racket. Get out and take that contraption with you. This would be a good time to think back on the joy brought to us all by I'm sorry I haven't a clue, if there'd been any. So instead, I'll just open my presents to see what selection of ill-fitting knitwear has had no thought put into its purchase this year. What's this, uh, a cardigan? No, socks? No, it's a shiny disc. What on earth do I want with a plastic drinks coaster? I'll ring room service and have someone take it away. And such is the luxury of this hotel, I don't even have to use the telephone. I just press this red button and...
0: How many times have I asked you not to press the emergency button, Mr Littleton? What is it this time?
1: Get rid of this, will you?
0: But this is a CD. Don't you want to listen to it first? Oh, it's a half-hour recording of nothing but the best bits of I'm Sorry, I Haven't a Clue... Two thousand and
1: four. Half an hour of nothing with the best bits, eh? So what are the other twenty-nine minutes?
0: Let's just put it on while we get you back into bed, shall we? Oh, you like this first track? It's all about new definitions. Nude what? New definitions. You know, words that have changed their meaning.
1: Why would I want to listen to that? Words don't change their meaning much, do they?
0: Well, some do, but then some don't. Like Grumpy and Old dick, for instance.
1: I'd like the teams to share any words they may have spotted recently that have acquired new meanings. Tony, would you care to start, please?
2: Crescendo. Termination of childcare. <laughs> Quaker. Posh duck. <laughs> Mogadon.
3: My cat's a professor. Bacteria. Returning more upset than when you left. (laughs) Pandemonium. A musical instrument that won't breed in captivity. (laughs) Tombola. Man who throws cats.
0: Postulate. The new name for Royal Mail. Tapas. (laughs) (laughs)
3: You're there before me. (laughs) To gently touch someone's bottom.
2: Foreskin. (laughs) To compel relatives. (laughs) Pulpit.
3: Warren Beatty's bed.
2: Renegade, a device for blowing up anagram enthusiasts.
0: <laughs>
4: Mushrooms,
0: what Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen does.
3: <laughs> Sewage, legal work. <laughs>
0: There, now. That wasn't so bad, was it, Mr Littleton? Mr Littleton?
1: Well, well, who, well what? Oh, it's you again. Is it time for my vintage champagne already? Yes,
0: your vintage champagne. To be taken three times a day with meals on this plastic spoon.
1: Well, I hope it's been chilled properly.
0: And while you're savouring the heady aroma and cheeky aftertaste of that, let's see what track two is, shall we? Oh. It's a round called Swankers, featuring your pals from the show. Why is it called that, I wonder?
1: Because they're a bunch of hopeless swankers. (laughs) OK, we'll start with you, Tim. You're at a dinner party and you're just about to initiate a topic of conversation which allows you to boast about something. The rest of you take turns to outdo Tim's boast until I honk when the next panellist has to initiate a brand new topic of conversation and start the boasting all over again. (laughs) Off you go, Tim.
5: I've
3: got this wonderful new mobile phone. You know, it takes uh, moving pictures, colour pictures. Wonderful.
2: Moving pictures. I've got one that uh, you get the smell of the person you're talking to, the aftershave, the perfume, and everything comes through.
3: Yeah, I've, I've got this hands-free one where you don't even have to have hands at all. <laughs> yes, it's very good that one. But mine's very handy because you dial a number and it actually brings the person to you. <laughs> It's funny you should say that, because I've got one that sends them away very, very quickly. I've got two of those. Uh, I've got a phone that actually plugs into my house. (laughs) Uh. We just got back from holiday, actually. Um, Really? Antarctica is very lovely at this time of year. Yes, it's wonderful, from the moon.
2: You went to the moon. It's overrun with tourists now. We never go there. Mars, that's us.
3: Not much atmosphere. (laughs) We went went back in time. (laughs) Went back in time? Mm, To Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. Uh, The children grow up so fast these days, don't they? Uh, my three-year-old's got a, a degree.
1: Only one degree?
2: My three-year-old is my two-year-old's tutor.
3: I've, I've, uh, I just had my sperm frozen. Of course, I've had to buy the special trousers. Yes, I've just had that. It was my three-year-old who did it,
0: actually. That was excellent, wasn't it?
1: Excellent doesn't come close to describing it.
0: Look, you've got lots of cards. Why don't you open some?
1: Why bother? They all say the same thing every year. Every time it's Christmas, it's Merry Christmas. Every time it's a birthday, it's Happy Birthday. Every time a baby's born, it's Dear Mr Blunkett.
0: Not all greeting cards are the same, though. Have a listen to
1: this. In this round, the teams will attempt to guess the endings to some lines taken from genuine greetings cards. And okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Can you finish the message in this exam results greeting card? We've known you've worked so very hard, determined to, to
2: get through it. You worked all night and then got pissed. Surprise, surprise, you blew it. <laughs>
1: The genuine answer to that is, and now you've made us very proud. We knew that you could do it. Ah. Oh. Oh. Tim, try to finish off this well-done-in-your-job interview card, please. <laughs> Magnificent, marvellous, wonderful, brill, talented, gifted, consummate skill. Shrewd, adroit, crafty, clever, and porous. These are all words from Roger's Thesaurus. <laughs> The is outstanding, fantastic. A1, Excel. And that's just a sender. You're great as well. <laughs> Piffle. <laughs> Graham, can you complete this wedding anniversary card for wife or husband? Just like a lighthouse on the rocks with standing stormy weather.
3: <laughs> you make a noise like a foghorn
1: whenever we get it together. <laughs> really. Your love has shone throughout the years, stronger now than ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tony, can you complete this happy 16th birthday card? 16 years have come and gone, and now your birthday's here. And now you can do legally what you've been doing all bloody years. (laughs) Very nearly the right answer. We hope that all you wish for will be yours throughout the year. Do people get paid to write these things? Bloody will ought to be paid for reading them. <laughs> Barry, I have a message in a sympathy card for you to finish off, please. Sometimes words are inadequate, our feelings do express.
2: But just look at it this way, at mealtimes it's one less. <laughs>
1: The answer is when someone whom we hold so dear is in such great distress. (laughs) Here are some for anyone to have a go at. This one's a 21st birthday card. Can't find the words to tell you. Don't quite know what to say. T'was I who gave your mother one 21 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Has it finished
0: yet? Yes, it's finished. You can take the pillows off your head now.
1: Who are those people?
0: They're called comedians.
1: Did they get the invasion plans out of whoever they were torturing?
0: Well, they don't just talk, you know. They sing as well. Would you like to hear that?
1: Only if you've got Amnesty's number. OK, Barry, we'll start with you. Would you please sing the words of Going to the Zoo to the tune of You'll Never Walk
0: Alone?
2: (laughs) Dad is taking us to the zoo tomorrow the zoo tomorrow the zoo tomorrow Dad is taking us to the zoo tomorrow we can stay all day we're going to the zoo
4: zoo zoo how about you 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 can come too, 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 too We're
2: going to the zoo We're going to the zoo
1: Graham, I'd like you to sing the words of the Inzy Weensy Spider to the tune of the chorus of the Hebrew Slaves from Verdi's <laughs>
4: Nabucco. Spider out, out came the sun and dried up all the rain, and the in-sea wind
1: I think I'd like to go down to the restaurant for lunch now.
0: Oh, you can't, I'm afraid. The repairman from Stanner hasn't turned up yet. I've fixed something up for you.
1: Ah, uh, room service at its best. I'd like the beluga caviar starter, followed by the roast pheasants stuffed with truffles on a bed of freshly picked asparagus tips, served with your finest silver cutlery.
0: OK, not a problem. The baby food and drink the straw. Quarters, then. While I'm doing that, have a listen to this next track on your CD. A spot of intellectual stimulation should work up an appetite.
1: In the next round, the teams will be tested on quotations from Oscar Wilde. Always a controversial figure, in the 1890s, Wilde was prosecuted by the courts and as a punishment for his, homosexuality was sent to prison. Can the Victorians really have been that naive? (laughs) Okay Teams, I shall present you with a selection of incomplete quotations from the pen of Oscar Wilde, which I'd like you to complete. Okay, Linda, we'll start with you. Can you complete this famous quote of Oscar Wilde? Bigamy is having one wife too many, monogamy is
0: only worth playing if you can be the top hat.
1: (laughs) Well Oscar Wilde said the same. Tim, another Oscar Wilde quote for you to finish off. Nothing makes one so vain than being told one is... to be mounted on a roof and pointed into the wind. <laughs> Should be a sinner, of course. Graham, can you complete this quotation? The optimist sees the donut. the pessimist sees the... sees the knife-wielding maniac in the back of the cake shop. The answer is whole. And finally, will someone finish this Oscar Wilde quotation, please? A pessimist is one who, when he has the
2: choice of two evils, chooses... Fingernails. (laughs) Ah. Chooses fingernails. Chooses...
0: lunch up
1: for you. Any more of these clips and I'll be bringing it up myself. Who are those people anyway? I've never heard of them. If I do have to listen to this, couldn't you find some real celebrities? Well,
0: funnily enough... <laughs> I very
1: much doubted.
0: Funnily enough, here's a section all about celebrities.
1: Right, in this next round the teams are going to delve into the world of real celebrities. <laughs> The cult of the celebrity is everywhere, with many lending their image to the promotion of consumer goods. I noticed recently on my pack of sausages a picture of Anthony Warrell Thompson in his kitchen. Underneath it said, prick with a fork. (laughs) Seems a little harsh. (laughs) Teams, I brought along a selection of genuine magazine articles describing the daily routines of well-known personalities. However, certain key words or phrases have been removed. Your task is to guess what the original wording might have been. Tim and Jack, for you, I've got the words of Geoffrey Archer. (laughs) Can you guess the missing sections in this piece? I'm a six o'clock waker, less of an owl, more of a tit. One, once up, I like to spend 30 minutes apologising to Mary. <laughs> thinking, I like to be at my desk at 9:30 when I'm writing a long word. <laughs> Book. I can't type. I handwrite every word, and my secretary puts it on the
2: bonfire when she gets home. <laughs>
1: Running is my other passion. I ran for Britain between 1963 and 1966 and recorded a personal best for the 100 yards of... 82 yards.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was 9.6 seconds. It's quite hard to be a good husband to Mary. The only thing I would say with pride is that I've never been...
2: unfaithful
1: on Christmas Day. But it says here, late for her in 30 years. I think the key to a successful marriage is going on being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Interested in each other. To marry, I'm a good husband because she's so independent. I don't think I'd be a good husband to someone who is...
3: Expecting a good husband. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only a housewife and mother and stayed at home the whole time. Mary's by far the better judge of character than me. I'm terribly trusting. Whenever I've made a mistake in life, she always said,
3: See you on visiting day.
0: (laughs) So, how was that? Brilliant. Really?
1: Luckily, I can't hear a thing when I'm eating
0: dump up your pillows, then it's time for your medication again.
1: I don't need any more medication.
0: Just one gulp will calm you down. (coughs) And I'll play you another clip. (coughs) That's the whole tray gone. Anyway, we always play games on Christmas Day. And here's one that should keep you amused.
1: Right, with all to play for, it's now time (laughs) to... (laughs) now time to play the game called Mornington Crescent. Well, this week, in response to a national demand for the ritual humiliation of game show contestants, we'll play a round of Elimination Mornington Crescent. In this variation, the teams must actually work together to accumulate as many points as possible during the game. However, at certain points, I shall ask each panelist To vote off the person they consider not to be pulling their weight. (laughs) Okay, teams. Tim, will you start, please? Uh, Burnt Oak.
2: Mm -hmm. Aldwych. I think I might go for the first uh, double with a lateral with Bloomsbury Square.
3: Mm. That's good. Well, well, that's not the point. Score up nicely. Mm. Um, So Piccadilly would help with that too. Yeah is it mm. that high? Bank. Yeah. Is that the station bank? No. So banking then. Um. Oh,
5: yeah.
1: But teams, I'm going to stop you now, and I'd like you to vote for who you think is holding you back. <laughs> Tim. Barry. Mm. Graham. Tony. Tony.
3: I have to say, and I know this is going to be unpopular, but uh,
5: Barry has got to go. I'm afraid.
2: Well, uh, Tony, not just not revenge. I was going to vote for Tony off anyway.
1: Tim, my Tony.
5: <laughs> well, Anne,
3: I
1: actually voted for Barry. <laughs> I'll do the jokes. (laughs) Let
3: us know when.
1: (laughs) Tony, I'm sorry, it's you.
3: I'm very disappointed to go. I thought I was going well, particularly with Bloomsbury Square, which got us uh, double points. I was let down by Anne, really, who uh, decided I should go even though it was a two-all draw.
1: Carry on without Tony now. Graham.
3: Right, uh, to be sensible. Oxford Street.
1: Uh, Regent Street.
3: Fenchurch Street. Oh. Uh, no. Charing Cross.
1: New that group. wasn't exactly on the tip of your tongue, was it?
2: <laughs> well, there's nothing in the rules about it being on the tip of your tongue, is there? <laughs> Have you had a facelift, Anne?
1: <laughs> I'm asking the questions. <laughs> Will you vote, please, for... Why am I saying please? I'm
2: in the wrong place. <laughs>
3: I'd like to vote for Barry, and I'm being consistent.
2: Uh, I vote Tim.
3: Well, well, I know Barry is my teammate, and he is consistently the best player of the game so far, and uh, recently f- saved my family from drowning. <laughs> putting all that to one side uh, uh, Barry. Uh, <laughs>
1: Sorry, you're a total failure. Goodbye.
2: <laughs> not too disappointed, and I would say it's the taking part, not the winning. Or to put it another way, it's the winning, not the taking part. And I'm quite pissed off, but I think Anne is... <laughs> I have to say, Anne's looking 20 years younger. <laughs> Okay, start again, Tim.
1: Uh, um, Oxway. Monument. Hatton Cross.
3: In that case, Dulwich.
1: Modern rules, done.
3: In a few moments, the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh,
3: wait a minute. What? Mornington Crescent. Oh, no. no.
0: understood the rules to that game. Really?
1: No one else seems to have any trouble?
0: Maybe I'm a bit of a duffer. I don't even know why they keep editing all the funny bits out of quote-unquote.
1: Oh, you're no duffer. Listen, Mornington Crescent is actually very simple. What happens is that the first point...
0: And that's all there is to it. Well I feel a bit silly now. Some more music.
1: Oh, joy. Do you now, Barry and Graham. I'd like you to provide us with a rendition of Singing in the Rain to feature Barry Cryer on the kazoo and Graham Garden on the Swanee Whistle.
0: Mr Littleton.
1: And just in time for the King's Christmas message on the wireless.
0: Oh, the Queen does it now on the TV, ever since her father passed away.
1: Oh, I haven't been following the news lately.
0: Here's the remote control. You press this button for the TV, this one for the radio, and that one for the CD player. I'll leave you with that to sort it out for yourself.
1: Uh, before I watch TV, i better just say goodbye to all my listeners.
0: Your listeners? Yes, your listeners, I've forgotten about all your friends who listen to you. I'd better be careful as I squeeze past them as I go out. Goodbye, Mr Littleton. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas to you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, all that remains is for me to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from everyone at I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Now, was it this button? The news is next.
0: There's that button?
5: Festive yes. In this, this button? This button?
4: The best of I'm Sorry, I Haven't a Clue 2004 featured Humphrey Littleton and Linda Regan. With contributions from Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Timbrook Taylor, Tony Hawks, Jack Dee, Jeremy Hardy, Linda Smith and Colin Sam. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Smith.